what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Is the tight labor market frustrating you as a business owner? Do you have employees leaving for $1 to $2 extra per hour? Mako RX Complete Care is a quality healthcare solution that has allowed businesses to recruit and retain employees. To learn how Mako RX can help your business stay competitive, visit mako-rx.com or call 855-562-5679. Mako RX, healthcare simplified. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on the Mesh Podcast Network, your monthly podcast for conversation about startups and small business. We're here with ideas and information to help you grow and operate your business more effectively. On today's show, your business is starting to grow and you need to hire the best people. It's time to break out of that old interview rut. We'll share some ideas to help you better evaluate your next hire. Our guest today is Catherine Armstrong with the Carolina Textile District. The Carolina Textile District has worked within the textile industry to create a reliable domestic supply chain for entrepreneurs to connect to manufacturers and make quality products here in the United States. We'll talk about their business model and how it works. Plus, we'll have our lightning round and we'll highlight some interesting small businesses that you should be checking out on our Small Business of the Month feature. My name is Jeff Newell. I'm your co-host and director of the Manufacturing Solutions Center at Catawba Valley Community College. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is Executive Dean of Economic Development and Continuing Education at Catawba Valley Community College. Gary, did I get that right? Very close. Uh, well, what, what, what's your title this month? Uh, economic Development Corporate Education. Corporate Education. You got I'll, it. I'll get it at some point in time. You're doing okay? I'm doing great. Okay. How's your new title? Um, and the responsibilities with I'm, it. I'm enjoying it, getting to, to work with a lot of interesting and fun people. Um, and I'm in not, addition to me. In addition to you. And uh, it's, it's all going good. Good. So good. good. Well, we know you're going to do a fabulous job there, seriously. I'm, I'm doing my best. I, I ran across an interesting article about uh, interviewing people. And like, uh, we're probably not doing it right. Well, thank you. And, you know, at one point, Gary, you hired me, so you probably need help with the interview process. (laughs) That's one of my proudest moments. Okay. Well, well, uh, Adam Bryant in this article was writing about different different ways to make the process uh, better at evaluating people, trying to get out of the ruts and uh, assessing the candidate's curiosity by just getting out of the meeting room and walking through the facility or the office and avoiding standard interview questions. And he had some ideas for some good interview questions that I wanted to try on you. Well, that would be great. And before you hit me with those questions, we, as you know, with many of our academies, we put them through a soft skills training sessions. And we just uh, finished ours with our hospitality academy. And it's been a real home run uh, that Tammy Muller started and everybody's been supporting over the last few years. And it's really critical. And it's interesting. We start that process and they go, we don't need interviewing skills or we don't need a resume or this or that. But over that four or five weeks that we're working with them or with Tammy and her team's working with them, they come up and say, this was an amazing experience. And so it is critical to uh, 
for the interviewee, the folks looking for a job, but it is also just as critical for us looking for good talent that we make sure we do have the right questions. So we cut down on the number of folks that may have slipped through the cracks that we didn't ask the right questions. Well, and sometimes, you know, sometimes we always ask the same questions. Yep. We, we might uh, ask, uh, what do you want to do in five years or, you know, different, different things. So that there's some different questions yep. that the, Mr. Bryant suggested that we think about. So like one question <laughs> is, what is your natural strength? And he said, really, what's your ninja skill? What are you going to bring to our organization that's really your best strength? So how would you answer that question, Gary? My passion. Your passion. Right. For what I, whatever project or whatever job I'm in, it, I have to be enthusiastic if I'm going to be successful. Okay. That's a, that's a good answer. Next question. What kind of animal would you be and why? My gosh. Have to think I'd about a, that one. I'd be a Labrador. A Labrador, and and why? Because they have a very good personality. They get along with people. They're uh, caring and, and very handsome, like you. And very handsome, not like me, but yes. Uh, and they are uh, very. And I start to say obedient, but they follow directions well. We love Labradors in our house. Okay. All right. <laughs> Uh, you know, if you'd said goldfish, I think people would look at you funny. I think that's true, so. and rightly so. All right, last question. What is the biggest misconception that people have about you, and why? That's a great question. That's why well, you gave it to you, me. You really have to be introspective a little bit to yeah. think about that. Yeah. Well, again, I. it's funny you'd say that or ask that question because I was talking to somebody yesterday, and of course, you know, I'm a pretty friendly person, and I like to talk to people, and I like to talk, period, and get to know them. Uh, and because of that, sometimes people say, well, you're not as tough or as strict as you need to be. I said, well, no, I think the fact that I try to develop a relationship with them doesn't mean it has to be, you know, friend to friend. You know how it is. We're good friends. But I think having a relationship makes it easier when you have to have those difficult conversations that you have a relationship. I think difficult conversations are much harder if you haven't talked to the person much or don't know much about them, and then you got to talk to them about a problem. And so, so, so you would say that you're, the biggest misconception is that you're not able to have difficult conversations because you're too friendly. Yes. Okay. Right. And you and I have talked about that. Earlier in my career, uh, we had the company I was with, I used to... Uh, buy and sell the companies or make the evaluations. And one of the toughest parts of that job was after we bought them and we brought them into our company, I had to make the decision along with our top management who was going to stay and who wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so I learned, again, really through that process to develop positive relationships with people, even in an acquisition, so that when you're having that conversation, at least it's a little bit more personal than it would be otherwise. No. no. Okay, we'll see. Anyway, there's some. You weren't expecting I would have that. No, long I, of a I didn't know how you'd answer these questions. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm not sure how I would answer the question about so what animal you, I would be. Turn the. How would you answer? Answer all three questions real no, quick. I'm, I'm the host here. Okay, yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> answer the last one. My the biggest misconception that people have. I I don't know. I, I think people think I'm pretty quiet because yeah. I I. I tend to listen a lot, um, so I. That's why we're a good team. Yeah, so I, I don't. Yeah, you know, I'm, 
I'm, I'm quiet in certain situations. Yeah, I don't think you're quiet. I, I host a podcast. I, exactly. I think, yeah, so I, come on. But I understand why they might say so, that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, we will put a link to this article in our show notes so you guys can check it out out there. Some good information, some other interview questions out there, also some other ideas to help assess your hires. Because if you're a new business, hiring the right people is such a critical piece of it, and, and building a, a good team is so important. So I can't um, go on without knowing what animal you are <laughs> um I, i'm gonna say uh, a gorilla you know i just because i like monkeys. i'm a labrador and you're a gorilla. Yeah, you know, a gorilla i like gorillas uh you know big uh, silver uh, sil- silver back uh, gorilla okay that's what i that's what i'd like to be i don't know yeah so yeah they're, they're you, they, can be, you, they can be quiet but they take care of their 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 families yeah. and and do what's necessary to be done You'd have really thought that one through, so uh, good for you. I was th- thinking about it. Yeah, I, I, I guess I, I'm yeah. not sure the best way to answer that one. That's a, that's a tough one. I would think that I would think that the the easy answer is say, "Oh, I'm a lion, you know, or I'm a tiger, yeah. you know." And that's okay. I mean, that's a quick one. So anyway. I think for our podcast, we should have an, a picture on there, and we have a gorilla holding hands with a Labrador going down. Well, we'll, we'll put our gra- graphics team on that. Yes. Uh, that gra- you know, I don't want to blow all of our budget on. Okay. That, so. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's let's welcome our guest, if she's yes. still with us. Yeah, I hope she after, is, because we're excited from hearing babble. from her. Sorry uh, about that. Uh, Catherine, <laughs> no, I, had my, I had to put myself on mute because I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> this is serious stuff, Catherine. Uh, anyway, uh, let's welcome Catherine Armstrong. Catherine is the production and outreach manager uh, with a group called the Carolina Textile District, which is centered in Morganton, North Carolina. Catherine, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. We're glad you're with us. It's our, it is our pleasure. Uh, you know, we we have a crack research team uh, that spends at least five minutes on LinkedIn uh, before we have any guests uh, join us. And and through that crack research, I can say that uh, Catherine graduated from the University of North Carolina Wilmington summa cum laude with a focus on supply chain management, entrepreneur and business development, and Spanish. Uh, she was the Cameron School of Business's 2020 Outstanding Graduate of Entrepreneurship and Business Development. You, Catherine, would seem to have a pretty well-worn passport because you <laughs> have studied abroad in Argentina. You have tra- traveled to Iceland uh, with a, a college honor seminar dedicated to global citizenship. You have represented the Cameron School of Business uh, in Russia at an international undergraduate conference. You know, you probably can't go back to Russia anytime too soon. Glad you got that one under your belt. <laughs> and you volunteered in Guatemala City to help single mothers and children in some of the poorest regions of the city. You've been doing a lot of stuff. My goodness gracious. That's amazing. <laughs> By the way, I do want to talk to you about supply chain management because we're looking yeah. at starting a program at CVCC with it. Gary, you have my information. <laughs> Gary's been to Winston-Salem. You know, yes. But, uh, you've been even even further than that. Anyway, uh, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, and want please tell our listeners a little bit about the Carolina Textile District. How did it get started and what does it do? Absolutely. So the, well, first of all, thank you for that very kind introduction. Um, I have to say what's funny about me is that I grew up in rural North Carolina and I had never been on a flight before I went to college. I think the farthest I'd been was like Maryland. So um, to encourage all the listeners out there uh, that there are so many opportunities out there um, to learn and expand your horizons. Um, If you just talk to people and (laughs) 
And uh, yeah, so that's one preference to all those things. So about the Carolina Textile District. So we are a producer's network of about 30 supply chain partners focused in the Carolinas. And our goal is to use our heritage industry, which is the textile industry, to usher in this new wave um, of economic development in our states um, and to create really good ethical jobs um, that put the worker first and usher in this new wave of sustainable practices that are so important for our environment and creating really great products um, as especially this there's a new generation coming along who's really looking for these things so how can we be ahead of this curve and um, make the Carolinas the place to be um, to get things made so that's kind of a, the heart around what we're doing and how we started uh, so it was a joint effort between several organizations in our region. So the first being Opportunity Threads, which is a worker-owned cut-and-sew factory based in Morganton, North Carolina. That was started by Molly Hemstreet, who I will um, talk about a little bit later. Um, the second organization was Burke Development Incorporated, um, and that is an economic development initiative that's trying to um, develop Burke County. And then the third key uh, piece to this equation um, was the Manufacturing Solutions Center, um, which Jeff knows <laughs> quite well. Um, and uh, how it started is these three entities were receiving countless phone calls every week from entrepreneurs who were looking to get things made in the Carolinas. And they realized that we needed some type of central intake system for these entrepreneurs to be able to do this most effectively. Um, so. The Carolina Textile District was born from that conversation and has since evolved into this entity that's really trying to revitalize the industry um, and solve problems that our producers see in the industry so that we can do it most effectively. Um, yeah, it's a little bit about us. That sounds good. And, and now what is, tell us a little bit about what your role is with the Carolina Textile District. Absolutely. So my role is I focus on our production runs for Collection, which is the brand of the Carolina Textile District Partners. Um, so I work on getting products made um, here in Western North Carolina and then shipped to other parts of the country. And I also work in some marketing and branding. I work on marketing and branding initiatives for Material Return, which is an enterprise within um, the Industrial Commons, and the Carolina Textile District. Um, and then I also handle membership for the Carolina Textile District. And, and, and how many members does the Carolina Textile District have? So we currently have around 30 members, um, and then we have a referral network of upwards of 300 partners. And every... I probably should know these things, Catherine, but is it, is it are all these North Carolina and South Carolina companies? What's, what's the geographic footprint? The main geographic footprint is actually within 75 miles, which is exciting. Now, there are, are a couple outliers. We have one firm in Pennsylvania that um, is a part of the district, but um, I mainly in the Carolinas is where we're, we're centralized. Whereabouts in Pennsylvania? Just that is a good question. Off the top of my head, I don't want to give you the wrong answer, okay. so I may not answer the question. <laughs> I grew up in Pennsylvania. That was just why I asked the question. So, so tell us a little bit about what services the Carolina Textile District uh, offers. Uh, you know, does it is it a soup to nuts type thing, and and you know what 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 services are out there? 
Sure. So there's kind of two answers to this question. So there's the entrepreneur side of our of our operation, and then there's the producer side. So from the entrepreneur's perspective, they can come to us and fill out this little form on our website, um, and they will be connected to our client intake manager who will help them get connected with A, the education and training that they need in order to be successful, because that was one key problem that, that our founding team saw was that entrepreneurs were coming here with their excitement and their wonderful ideas and the problem that they saw in the industry that they, that they wanted to solve, but they des- didn't necessarily um, have the experience to be able to make it in the most efficient way possible. And so we created a whole three-day workshop called Zone Goods 101 that takes entrepreneurs through every step of the process from materials procurement to pattern making to finding your supply chain to tags and what you legally have to have on tags to sell products in the United States um, and packaging and everything in between. So if an entrepreneur comes to us and they this is their first time undertaking an op- a project like this, we direct them to Stone Goods and then they get educated on everything they need to know. And then once they have all of those core pieces to producing things, we will then A, um, connect them to our sourcing database. So we have a database of over of thousands and thousands of materials that they can be connected with and those organizations that produce those things. Um, and then we also have our core group of supply chain partners that we can connect them with. And then we also have this n- referral network of 300 people that we can also connect them with to get their products made. So the short answer for entrepreneurs is education, um, sourcing assistance, and um, helping them connect with their and build their local supply chain here in the Carolinas. Um, we also um, have this whole uh, resource and program programmatic work for our producers. So twice a year, our members get together and we talk about problems that we see in the industry. And one of those big problems was a lack of skilled labor because we have told our main, we have told people not to get into manufacturing for 30 years. And so we're entering this phase where we don't have people who are skilled in sewing. And so we may have these amazing contracts coming in, but just not the labor force to um, be able to tackle those things. So we started an industrial sewing train, training program where we, um, it's a 96 hour course in collaboration with Western Piedmont Community College. So you leave with you leave this course with a certificate of completion and this list that you can bring to a uh, manufacturing center on all of the things that you know how to do this checklist. Um, and all, a lot of the majority of these classes end up being a direct pipeline to a job with some of our partners, which is so exciting. So labor force, that's a problem that we're addressing. Something else um, is that uh Contracts. So actually getting um, work and maintaining your lines. We have all these entrepreneurs coming in and we have this place where we connect our producers with these entrepreneurs for small contracts to help them pick up work if they need it. And then we also figured out how to facilitate really large shared contracts. So as you know, if you are familiar with um, textile manufacturing, kind of how you survive is through high volume. And oftentimes, small family operations aren't able to pick up those large contracts. So a key example of this is during the pandemic, when everybody else's lines were shutting down, we've secured, the Carolina Textile District secured 
a contract for the state of North Carolina to produce masks for every daycare in the state of North Carolina. And we ended up figuring out how to coordinate 60 manufacturing partners to produce 700,000 masks and gowns and ended up paying over $4 million into our community during the pandemic when everything else was kind of shutting down. Mm -hmm. So shared contracts, and that's kind of a good example of our motto, which is being big by being small together. Um, and then kind of the third piece of what we're doing is the sustainability piece. So our, our partners at one of the gatherings, they were discussing on how there's this huge amount of textile waste that's produced from all of their factories, whether it's cutting waste or, um, uh, you know, if it's like loom waste, all kinds of things. And so we worked in conjunction with North Carolina State University to map out our four counties in our region. And we found that there were over 200 facilities that were producing textile waste. Um, and from that map, we had a meeting of the minds and everybody got together and figured out what the missing piece was to be able to recycle textile waste. And then Material Return, one of our enterprises was born from that conversation. And so they offer recycling services for cut and sew factories, but also for brands um, to be able to make new yarn from their waste streams. So we do a lot of things <laughs> and we're trying to address a lot of a lot of big, big issues in the industry. But um, as I mentioned before, kind of our goal is to revitalize the industry and support the industry so that it can come back and be super sustainable. How many people are working with you to pull this all together and coordinate it. That's a lot of stuff, as you said. It is a lot of stuff. <laughs> so we are a part of the industrial commons, which I can mm -hmm. speak to more. Um, but mm -hmm. in total, there's about 26 of us um, across enterprises, and we work really closely together to make all of these things happen. So um, we don't have an in-house accounting firm or in-house accounting, but we coordinate with Good Books, which is our um, woman-owned uh, bilingual bookkeeping service that's part of the industrial commons and maybe it'll be helpful if i i could also give some framing information about what the industrial commons is if that's yeah. helpful well well and and want to talk a little bit about the industrial commons and you know sort of a you know because it's very interwoven with uh, what you what you do there you see what i did there with interwoven you get that got it you did yeah, that yeah. you're so yeah. that's that's why you're great. in charge yeah yeah that was a professional podcast. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> he is the Johnny Carson yeah, of podcasts. It's a big box. Of course, she's awesome. young. She may not even know who Johnny Carson is. Probably not here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, talk a little bit about the industrial commons and how that works with the um, uh, Carolina Textile District and and other ventures that uh, the. I mean, you're, you and, and and your organization are really building something there. Yeah, so the Industrial Commons um, is a nonprofit organization that is solely focused on developing rural North Carolina and specifically starting with Burke County. Um, and one thing that I really, really appreciate about the Industrial Commons and kind of the philosophy of all the work that we do is that we start with a problem that we see in our community and then we assess the full landscape of who is already out there attacking that problem. Um, and then we find the missing piece and we figure out where we can fit in. So the industrial commons is working on economic development and it's focusing again on our heritage industry, which is manufacturing. Um, and 
they offer a whole host of resources for businesses to be able to um, sustain themselves. And so some of those things are um, workplace development and business conversion. So some workplace development trainings include um, managerial training. So, so one problem that we saw was that um, you know, you may be incredible at operating a sock knitting machine, and so you're promoted because of that, but you may not necessarily have managerial skills to be a great manager. And so we figured out a whole course and workshop for um, teaching people how to be managers. Another um, workplace development uh, program that we offer is The Great Game of Business, which is a um, open books financial management um, training. So to help with really the entire organization from the frontline workers to the managerial staff to understand what it takes to run the business and giving people ownership of the financial lines that they actually um, contribute to so that they understand their why, they understand why decisions are made the way they are, um, and so they have ownership over their part of the business. Um, we also work in business conversion, so when people are looking to um, establish their exit strategy, whether it's retirement or whatever or whatever that may be, we help with actually creating the structure around selling your business to your employees so that you can continue, they can continue the work in that way. Um, we have skilled centralized trainings for actual um, uh, technical training. So we have an upholstery class um, that is helping to train people who are getting into the furniture manufacturing. We have our so skilled sewing training that I mentioned before. Um, we have a whole host of work around connecting youth with opportunities in Burke County because Burke County has one of the highest percentages of opportunity youth in the state, which is a statistic that represents kids who don't make transition the transition into any type of education after high school with either you know community college or a four-year institution or don't even make the transition into full-time employment so we're helping bridge that gap with internship programs and all kinds of things where we connect uh, businesses in the area with this potential workforce um, and then we also have an art program where we're reaching kids that are um, in the elementary to middle school range where we're teaching them about really interesting topics through art. Um, and then we have an incubation space where we're incubating businesses, um, one of them being Material Return. We have Good Books, which is our bilingual bookkeeping service that I mentioned. The Carolina Textile District is housed there. Um, and I just and, throw, throw a lot of information at you. Well, so. and, 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 and I think you have plans for more more buildings. I mean, you're, you're really looking at it as a campus, and, and uh, you know, there, there are a lot of exciting things going on there. Yep. So we do have an innovation campus that's in the works. We are in the fundraising phase of that, but we have an amazing plan for it and the, the location already secured. And yeah, so we're really excited about that as well. So, yeah, if we have any philanthropists listening, uh, you, you know, they, they should be checking out the uh, industrial commons as well there and, and trying to get involved with that. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. You, when we were talking earlier about uh, how to engage with the Carolina Textile District, you said if uh, entrepreneurs, there's a, a, a intake form that they can fill out at your website. And we, and before you go, we definitely want to know where that, where to find that. Uh, if, if 
there are manufacturers that want to get involved with the Carolina Textile District. What, how, how do they engage with the Carolina Textile District? If it's like, hey, this sounds interesting. It sounds like you're connecting me to potential business. I'd be interested in that. What, how should they, how should they be getting involved? And what, and what do you look for when, when you're uh, looking at various manufacturers and getting involved with the Carolina Textile District? Absolutely. So. Our website's about to change in probably the next month and a half. But the easiest way for them to get in contact with us, there prop, there will be an intake form on the website that we're building out for that. But just shoot me an email at Catherine, C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E, at carolinatextiledistrict.com, and I will give them all, all the resources that they need to, to be, become a part of the Carolina Textile District. So um, as far as what we're looking for, so... As I mentioned, um, going back to our core values, we are looking to support really good jobs for people, really ethical jobs, and also really sustainable practices. So we have a whole list of standards um, that our partners actually got together and established themselves because we're hoping the sentiment is to really raise the bar for everyone so that you know more work comes here so that we have... Um, of uh, low turnover rates within our factories that we have, you know, great sustainable environmental practices to, you know, support the region. So those are our core values. And so those are what we, the things we are looking for in new partners. Um, and we, we know that, uh, you know, some people may not have everything on the list, but we have a core, you know, some core things that are must. And then we have, um, items where we work with you to kind of develop a plan on how you can get those other items. Um, and what would what would an example of one of those core items be? I, I, I will <clears throat> assume that it's make, making sure that uh, people are earning a living wage or, 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 or some sort of threshold there. Yes, so living wage is a must. <laughs> that yeah. is absolutely a must. Um, some other things, so our core, so let me, let me back up. Um, we have a few key areas of things that we look for. So employee voice and agency of kind of where does that show up? How can an employee um, come to management with a problem? Is there something like, is there a pathway for that? Um, things of that nature. Um, obviously living wage, that is a must. Um, environmental stewardship, there's a lot of things surrounding your facility and, and easy entry points into environment, environmental sustainability. Um, diversity, equity, inclusion. So how um, your workplace is a safe space for all people. Um, let me think about forgetting. I'm forgetting one. Um, but there's we have about there's four different buckets and there's there are quite a few item lines on all of those buckets that okay. that involve a lot of easier entry points for people to meet these things um, and then some bigger items that we love people to work towards. Um, and the whole idea is to baseline you know, ethical and sustainable practices and then seeing how we can um, achieve more than those things. So. Are, are there any any uh, Carolina Textile District uh, success stories that uh, you can share with our listeners? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think that's that's why I, I love my job so much. <laughs> I love my job so we much. We can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. So uh, one really fun project that came from the district so uh, material return, I mentioned them before. They are our enterprise that can recycle textile waste and then create, a, create new yarn from those waste streams. Um, and 
they secured a contract with Smartwool to see if it was possible for um, their customers to send back their stocks um, and could they make a new product from those old socks. <laughs> and, and Smart, Smart Wool is a pretty significant uh, outdoor sock brand uh, that I guess you guys are, are working with. Yep. And they are wonderful. They're a great partner of ours. And so during the the height of the pandemic, they came to us with this idea and they wanted to see if we could test a program to see if, um, A, would people actually return their socks? And B, would this be a good working relationship? Could we figure out how to work together? And so the concept for this pilot program um, was for uh, consumers to send back their socks and for us to pick up some industrial waste from their partners who were in the Carolinas um, and create dog beds where the filling was this sock waste, which material return processed. The fabric for these dog beds was woven at Valdez Weavers, which is a partner of ours, um, located in Valdez. Um, so Morganton and Valdez are very close together. So I love, I love how small our supply chain is. It just, I think it's really, um, when you study supply chain management, the fact that um, ours is within 75 miles is very exciting to me. Um, so Valdez Weavers wove the fabric. Diamond Brand Gear out in Fletcher, they sewed the fabric together to make the bag. Um, and this pilot test was a success. We got it all done within six months to launch on Smartwool's website. Um, they launched around 800 bags, uh, sorry, not bags, 800 dog beds. Um, and this ended up using about 8,000 pounds of Smartwool waste. Um, and yeah, it was a really incredible project to kind of show that a, the district is very resilient, even during an international pandemic, and the fact that we were able to pull this off in such a short period of time, and B, proving the concept that people are interested in, you know, returning their waste, especially SmartWool's customers are so incredible and very mindful of their purchases already. So that was a really an awesome test um, for us. And then the fact that Material Return, you know, this is one of the first projects that they processed waste for. and seeing how that would interact mm -hmm. with the market. Um, so yeah, that's a, a fun story. Share. That's a good one. Well, that's good. Well, well, as we sort of wind down here, um, I think in your role, you're, I mean, you're, you're seeing entrepreneurs, you're seeing manufacturers, you know, we're, we're always focused on people that are starting businesses and the challenges that they face. I mean, any, any advice that, uh, that, uh, you're seeing in your work with uh, the Carolina Textile District or your, your uh, other adventures that uh, might be useful for folks that are starting their own business or, or any pitfalls that you see out there? Absolutely. It's um, a great question. I think one piece of advice that really stuck um, out to me from a conversation I had with Trevor Bame, who is the director of Techstars Impact in Austin, which is an accelerator for um, specifically tech firms that are focused on social impact. Um, his advice was not to chase the startup world, but to find a problem and make a really great product that's going to solve that problem. And along that same kind of line of thought, I think my education at UNCW surrounding entrepreneurship 
Um, I learned so much from so many people, but one key thing that I think has always been in the back of my mind with every decision that I make regarding business and these different entrepreneurial endeavors um, is like there's the lean startup approach. And I know many you, I'm sure you guys are familiar with it of, you know, you have this problem that you found, you have this solution that you think is going to work really well for it, but always to test those assumptions because that product that you make um, may not actually be for that market that you're trying to fit. It may actually be for a different market that would use it in a whole different way, but it would be an even better opportunity. Um, and I think that mindset is kind of, is really um, reflective of the work Material Return did with Smart Wool during the pandemic of, hey, we want to recycle sock waste, but we're not quite sure the, the best path or even if people will return it. So let's start with this small pilot program. So kind of that thought process, I think, is really, really valuable for people who are starting out before they go really capital heavy and invest in a, a ton of inventory or a ton of um, a ton of stuff to really prove that A, the market exists and B, that the concept works as well as they, they think it will. So I think those are two big pieces of advice that help prevent a lot of pitfalls. And then I think the last piece I would add to this um, as someone who is really passionate about the social impact sphere and how you can use business as a vehicle for sustainable good in your community um, is to uh, really listen to the community you're trying to help in any capacity, um, especially if you are not a part of that community yourself, to go in and to not, uh, not solve the problem yourself, to, to work with them to come up with an the answers from them, don't, yeah. So I think that's the big, a really big um, thing I wanna hit on. And I think that's what the industrial commons does so well, is that they see the problem and then they work with the community to find a sustainable solution to it. Yeah. You're, you're, you're engaging them. You're not, uh, you know, selling, not, not sticking in their face saying this is the way you solve the problem. So, exactly. So they're, they're, they're more, they're more engaged or they've got more involvement in it. So I think that's, 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 will help you be very successful. That's good. So, Catherine, we really appreciate you joining us. We're going to do our lightning round with you, but before we get started with that, we're going to thank our sponsor, Mako RX. In the tight labor, is the tight labor market frustrating you as a business owner? I, I think we're talking about that today. Do you have employees leaving for one or two dollars extra per hour? Mako RX Complete Care is a quality healthcare solution that has allowed businesses to recruit and retain employees. To learn how Mako RX can help your business stay competitive, visit mako rx.com or call 855 562 5679. Mako RX Healthcare Simplified. And it's Mako like the shark. Maybe that's, you know, maybe I should have been thinking about there the shark go. as the, the shark. animal. And uh, it's Mako, M-A-K-O, dash or hyphen, rx.com. That's how you can find out about them. So, Very good. So check them out. So we're going to do a quick lightning round with you, Catherine. This is quick questions, quick answers. Don't overthink it, okay? Okay. First off, first question. What is your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve is when someone's trying to talk and then someone interrupts them at like trying to talk over them. I hate that. I'm like, just let the person talk. Let the person talk and complete their sentence. <laughs> She's looking at me. Yeah, men are bad no. about that, Gary. So you need to work on that. All right, next question. 
favorite vacation spot uh, or getaway? That is a great question. Um, I I love the beach. Um, yeah, I love the beach. Just generic beach or a specific beach? Um, I don't. I think just generically the beach. Generic I, beach. Okay. I, I don't care. Right. That's a good answer. Out. All right, we'll accept. <laughs> we'll accept that. All right. Uh, what will your Halloween costume be this year? Oh, that is a great question. Um, honestly, I haven't thought about it, but I have a four-year-old niece, and I'm hoping to have a matching costume with her. So we will see. We will see uh, what that is. Right, we'll mean, report back to us what I mean, that right, is. There was, what, was, what was your Halloween costume last year? Last year, I think, I don't know if I was a skeleton. My niece was a unicorn, so I was basically just in all black so that she, like, it was just the cutest picture. Okay. She was <laughs> what is your favorite comfort food? Oh my gosh! Um, what is it? Honestly, I love food. <laughs> well, come, give us something here. Come on. Something, probably fried chicken. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Who is your favorite singer or musical group? My favorite singer. Um, well, I love Bonnie Bear. He's great. I love music that has really great instrumentals. Um, yeah. Bonnie, who? We want to check it out. Uh, B O N space I V E R. Like some people say Bon Iver, some say Bon Iver. Um, I, I always said Bon Iver. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. all right. I, I know you. I know who you're talking about. Gotcha. I'm gonna. I'm writing that down. Um, last question: If you had a superpower, what would it be? I think I would love to fly. I think that would be a really great, really great. Yeah. I think that would be cool. It's a good one. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much for playing the lightning round. Uh, you you give us give us your contact information again, and if people want to find out more about the Carolina Textile District, where should they be looking? So my contact information is Catherine C A T H E R I N E at Carolina Textile District dot com. Um, that's the best way to reach me. And then as far as if you want to learn more about the Carolina Textile District, um, go to our website. Um, there's a lot of really good resources on that site. And if you're an entrepreneur, that's where you will find our um, intake form, which is, I think, at the top right. It's a little button. Um, you should see it there. And that's just at carolinatextiledistrict.com. Yep, that's correct. Okay. Well, super. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate this. Uh, you're, you're doing great work. And, and uh, Carolina Textile District, I, in my previous life as small business center director at Catawba Valley Community College, I had the opportunity to work with them. And, and when I came across entrepreneurs looking to develop products, would also often send them in that direction if they're trying to create products. So it's uh, it's great partner, great organization. So thank you for being with us today. Uh, we always like to share uh, small businesses that we've come across. Uh, uh, Catherine, anything that uh, you want to give anybody you want to give a shout out to today? Absolutely. Um, I've mentioned them before, actually several times on this podcast, but Material Return. I am so excited about the work that they are doing. It's a great group of guys, um, and they, I think, are really going to change the industry, and especially this region, and make it a hub for sustainability. So, um, yeah, and especially in thinking about supply chains, as we've seen supply chains break down internationally, um, you know, if you can secure your material supply chain from your waste streams, I mean, that's like revolutionary. So I think that's, um, I think you're going to be hearing a lot more about them on a national scale, um, definitely within the next few years. So 
check them out now while they're small. <laughs> Great choice. Material return. All right. Got it. Gary, you got a small business to give a shout out to today? I do, Jeff. My small business of the month is Carolina Gamers, which I learned about from my grandson, Lemmy, going to a birthday party. Carolina Gamers is the greater Charleston's newest and most exciting mobile entertainment provider. Something that you and I may not do, but our children are... Maybe Catherine even. It's pretty exciting. They offer high-tech, luxurious video game truck that's second to none with eight screens, inside and outside, gaming, virtual reality gaming, and even online gaming. This is all in a truck? It's in a truck, yes. Okay, bring it to you. Yes. Okay. It's a theater on wheels that provides the wow factor for parties in Somerville, South Carolina, Mount Pleasant, and northern Charleston. Of course, my... Daughter and son-in-law and Lemmy live in Somerville, South Carolina, right outside Charleston. They have laser tag. Uh, they have a game coach, referee that goes along with the truck to make sure everybody gets things going well. They have Carolina battle ball equipment, a bubble soccer ball that you get inside and run compete. around and hit each other. Yes, exactly. Okay, I've seen that. Yes, yes. And uh, Carolina battle archery. This is for you. I thought about it when I was doing it. You know, with a hatchet. I'm, I'm, I'm better in hatchet throwing than the archery. Okay. Well, I think you could hurt each other yeah. with either yeah, of those. If you want to put an apple on your head, I'll give it a shot. No, I think so. Maybe Catherine no, no. would like to volunteer <laughs> for that. No, no. Yeah, me makes more sense. Yeah. But pretty cool. I mean, it's you know, you think about that and say, that's really, you know, I think it's a rather expensive birthday party. So I was glad Lemmy was going to it as oh, okay. opposed to them yeah. offering that. Come on, Grandpa. You can, af- you can afford know, it. Come I on. Know. It does sound really cool. Uh, so I'd, I'm excited about it. I, All right. Carolina Gamers. Carolina Gamers in right. Somerville and Northern Charleston, okay. South Carolina. Very good. Well, I was, I was, I was actually my, my small business of the month. I was visiting uh, some friends down in Greenville, South Carolina. And uh, my friend uh, has a certain place uh, that he gets his hair cut when he goes every time. And he dragged me with him, Frank's Gentleman Salon. In Greenville, South Carolina, which was founded in 2012, uh, it is just a classic men's barbershop. It's a space dedicated for uh, men's detailed haircuts, razor shaves. They do brow waxing. They do manicures, pedicures, facials, beard facials, neck and shoulder massages, scalp massages, shoe shines. They do it all. Uh, They have a man cave. They serve beverages you, while you're waiting. You can have a, a beer. You can mm-hmm. have a, a little bit of bourbon. Uh, my buddy, who is getting his hair cut, was sipping on bourbon at nine in the morning. Now, not <laughs> a little early for me, but yeah. it was it was a Saturday. Uh, Did you were, have to help him outside? I think I had coffee. No, no, he he can take plenty of bourbon. Don't okay. Worry. Uh, Started in Greenville. They now have locations in Greenville, Columbia, South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina, and Denver, Colorado. And uh, as Joe Bob would say, check it out at www.franksalon.com. Sort of an interesting Very cool. franchise. It's yeah. growing, and, and uh, I had a nice time when I visited. Anyway, Very good. If you have a suggestion for our Entrepreneur Exchange Small Business of the Month, you can email them to us at eexchange at themesh.tv. And if we use yours on the show, we'll send you a prize pack. Catherine, we want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, we really enjoyed uh, the opportunity to chat with you. So thank you so much. Thank you, I look both. forward to talking to you in the future. That sounds great. 
We want to thank our, our hosts and friends at the Mesh Podcast Network. They're doing a lot of fun podcasts that you can check out at themesh.tv. And we, of course, want to thank Mako RX for supporting our podcast. And uh, check them out at www.mako-rx.com. Uh, we, we look forward to seeing everybody uh, again next month as we get into the fall. So take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.